As the Jews begin to persecute our Lord, today we'll see how Jesus began to respond. All this and more on today's Bible Study Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Bible Study Podcast. My name is Justin, and I'm glad to be here with you today. Today should be an eye-opening time as we will begin to see Jesus' response to the Jews' persecution in John 5. But before we get into that, I'd like to remind you of Mission Grow, the project we have all been working on throughout this month. Now, Mission Grow is basically a call to pray for God to bring certain people into your lives to help you grow as a believer. Many of us have committed to praying for a mentor, a protege, a peer or a friend, and someone who doesn't know Christ to come into our lives. If you're not already doing that, I'd like to encourage you to begin praying with us for those people in your lives. Now with that announcement having been made, please join me as we go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Our Father and our God, we know that you are the maker of all things. We know that you have set the stars in place and rounded off the mountains just as you would have them to be. And Father, we know that you have also made us so that we may glorify your name. Now help us to serve you and to be more like you in our lives and to help us to hear your word spoken to us as we venture through John's gospel. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Now as we approach today's passage, which is found in John 5, verses 19-24, through 24, I want to encourage you to read along with me in your Bibles if you can. You know, I understand some of you listening to this in your cars or listening to it on the go, so that's fine. But if you can, follow along with me. And as we begin in verse 19, we read, Therefore Jesus answered and was saying to them, Now of course, as we've mentioned before on this podcast, anytime we see something like therefore, you know, some kind of conjunction, We should find out what it's referring to. So let's kind of back up a verse, verse 18, where we read, For this reason, therefore, the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because he not only was breaking the Sabbath, but also was calling God his own Father, making himself equal with God. We can remember from last week that the healing of a lame man had caused the Jews to begin looking into who this Jesus fellow was. And when asked why he worked on the Sabbath, Jesus answered them, that just as his father was working, so would he work. Now this led us to verse 18, where we found out that the Jews are not only persecuting Jesus, but they're now trying to kill him. They're thinking of ways to get rid of this guy. Why? Because he called God his own father, making himself equal with God. Now this is kind of the stage that's been set for us as we get into verse 19. And it's against this backdrop, the backdrop of the Jews seeking to kill Jesus, that we see Jesus answer them. Now in my mind, I, I kind of imagine a scene of kind of a room filled with all these Jewish leaders who you know, kind of mulling around and quietly speaking amongst themselves. And they see Jesus walk in. They say, look, there's that guy. There's Jesus. Yeah, yeah. He, he thinks he's above all of us. He even claims to be God. Yeah, we've got to do something. Who, who does this guy think he is? Healing on the Sabbath. You know, and all kinds of gossip, gossip just going around and all these thoughts of... You know, jealousy, of anger, of pride, of all kinds of emotions going throughout the crowd. And, and in the midst of these complaints, in the midst of this kind of storm of people, I imagine Jesus standing up and beginning to answer. 
Now, the, the first part of this answer, I'm going to call the working relationship of the Father and the Son. To see what I mean, let's read the rest of verse 19 as Jesus speaks. Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. In the first part of his response, Jesus says that the Son does nothing of himself unless he sees the Father doing it. Now this is a direct shot to the Jews who have been claiming that Jesus is some kind of rogue prophet. You know, one that some of them even refer to as possessed of Satan. What he is saying is that I, the Son, do nothing by myself. I only do what I see the Father doing. That is, I don't initiate the work. I only follow what the Father has already started. Now why does the Son only do what the Father does? Well, Jesus says it is because whatever the Father does, the Son does in like manner. He's reiterating here that He is not doing whatever He wants to do. But He is doing what the Father does. Not only is He doing what the Father does, but He is doing it in the same manner as the Father. Meaning He's doing the actions of the Father in the same way, in the same power, in the same authority. Jesus is really hammering the point here. That when he is doing something, when he is doing something like healing the lame man, as we've seen previously in this chapter, he's doing it because it is what the Father is doing. He heals because the Father heals. This is not some kind of rogue healer performing miracles. It's not a sideshow. This is the Son of God carrying out the works of God, and not just as one acting on God's behalf. He's not a representative here, but he's doing it in the same manner, in the same way. He's laying out for them the fact that he, as the Son, is in fact God and is acting according to his nature. But why does the Son do what the Father does? Let's continue in verse 20. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself is doing. In other words, the Son does what the Father does because the Father loves the Son and shows him everything that he's doing. This is such a beautiful picture into the nature of the Trinity that's being developed here. The Son, Jesus, does what the Father is doing because the Father loves Him and He shows Him all the things that He's doing. It's not a relationship built on compulsion, on force. It is a relationship of complete openness, complete honesty. It's not a situation where the Father kind of lords over the Son and commands Him to do something but it's one in which they work together in love it's because they love one another that the son does what the father does so we see that the son is participating in the father's actions in the same way because of the love shared between them now we'll enter into a section that I'm going to call the reason for the signs so let's continue on through our passage where Jesus says and the Father will show him greater works than these, so that you will marvel. Now remember that just a moment ago we noted that whatever the Son sees the Father doing, he does. Here Jesus says that the Father will show him greater things than these, show him greater works. In other words, he's saying that he, Jesus, will be performing greater works, greater signs than these. He will see the Father do them, and he will do them. But why would the Father need to show greater works to the Son? What would be the purpose of Jesus performing greater signs? Well, he answers that, and it's that it will cause you, the Jews, 
the Jewish leaders he's been talking to, to marvel. Basically, the Father will direct greater signs than have been performed so far through the Son so that the Jews will marvel at them. But what will these signs make the Jews realize? Why, why is it important that they marvel at these signs? Well, let's continue on into verse 21. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son also gives life to whom He wishes. Again, Jesus pounds us with this idea that whatever the Father does, the Son also does. This is what the signs will help the Jews realize. That just as a father can raise the dead, you know, that is such a great sign. That is a much greater sign than they've seen to this point. As the father can raise the dead, as he can give them new life, so the son can give life to whomever he should desire. In short, the reason for these greater signs are so that the Jews may see them and realize that Jesus is acting in the same manner as the father, because he is God. The father and the son are one. Now up to this point, Jesus has been showing how He is God, how the Son is in the same nature as the Father. But as we enter the next section, which I'm going to call the delegated powers of the Son, we see a difference in their roles. Verse 22 begins, For not even the Father judges anyone, but He has given all judgment to the Son. Now at first glance, this kind of seems to be kind of a side point, a tangent, maybe a rabbit trail of sorts that maybe Jesus just had on His mind and wanted to throw out there. But in fact, this is not a rabbit trail at all. This is no kind of disjunctive thought. As Jesus is developing how the Son's role is different from the Father and why it is. He says that not even, signaling to us that this is a difference, not even the Father judges anyone, but He has given over all judgment to the Son. In other words, the Father has delegated this authority to the Son. But the question becomes, why did the Father delegate this to the Son? Why is the Son the one who judges? Well, verse 23 gives us that answer. As Jesus continues, So that all will honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. You see, Jesus is saying that the Father delegates the role of judgment, you know, the position of the judge, to the Son, so that all meaning the world, everyone, all will honor the Son in the same way as they honor the Father. Just as Jesus acts in the same manner as the Father, we are to honor Him in the same manner as we do the Father. He is to be worshipped in the same light, in the same way as the Father is to be worshipped, because they are one. Now Jesus continues, He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent Him. Now this is an incredible thought to consider. One that the Jews must have been going insane over. Jesus, having shown how he acts in the same manner as the Father, having shown how he is given the task of judging man in order that he may also be honored, now tells this group of Jewish leaders, a group who claim to worship God, that if you do not honor him, if you don't honor the Son, you are not honoring the Father. This is huge. He has just made the case that you cannot have God without Jesus. In order to believe in God the Father in truth, you must believe in the Son. In order to honor your Heavenly Father, you must honor Christ, the Son of God. Having masterfully put together this theological treatise that we've just seen, Jesus gives the final section that we'll cover today, 
which I'm going to call the conclusion. What does this mean for you? In other words, Jesus gives a summary statement in verse 24 to tell the Jews, this is what I'm saying. Here's the point. It reads, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. You see, this is the point of the whole exercise. This is why Jesus begins so emphatically saying, Truly, truly, I say to you. In other words, listen. I am saying this to you. Listen. Whoever hears my word and believes the Father, the one who sent me, he is the one who will have eternal life. He will not come into judgment. In fact, he will pass from death into life. And what an incredible statement to make. This is the reason why any of this matters, Jesus tells them. If you hear the words of the Son, and you believe in the Father who sent him, you will be saved. It is not enough to believe that there is a God. You must believe in the word of the Son. You must believe in the gospel message that Christ has come to be your Savior. You see, it is only through Jesus that you may have life, that you may escape death. It is not enough to just be a theist, even though that is a good thing. It is not enough to be a certain class of people, like the Jews, even though that may be a good thing. It's not even enough to be a good person, as if we could be good on our own merits. It's only through believing that Jesus, the Son of God, became a man so that he could become the sacrifice for our sins, the payment for the debt which we could not pay alone. This is the point. If you claim to believe in God, you must believe in Jesus. Otherwise, you show that you really don't believe in either. That is, in fact, the challenge that I leave you with today, friends. Do you believe in Jesus' word? Well, until we meet again, may God bless and keep you. You know